Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. It's like he was just putting the pieces together for me in such a way that just was simple but powerful. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is God's truth right here. It wasn't always what I, what I wanted to hear, but I knew it was the truth, and I always wanted the truth. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I am continuing my teaching on living in God's best, and tomorrow's going to be my last day to teach on this. And again, there's just so much to talk about the blessing of God that I could preach on this forever, but uh, I'm going to end it tomorrow. This is a hardback book, uh, Living in God's Best, and we also have CDs and DVDs. The DVDs were taken from our television program. And I tell you, this is a powerful teaching that has really impacted my life. It's changed me, and I am living in the blessing of God. And I'd love to have you live in the blessing of God. God wants you to live in it. But you, first of all, got to believe it. You got to find out what's yours. And one of the major things I did back four weeks ago when I started this series, I spent an entire week just showing how that we've settled for debt instead of being debt-free, which God says is His best. We've settled for sickness instead of health, which God says that He heals all our sicknesses, all of our diseases. No plague will come nigh our dwelling. We've settled for strife. We've settled for just less in so many areas. And so one of the first steps is we got to quit settling for less, and we got to start believing in God's best. And God's best is to bless us, His favor that's been spoken over us. It says in Ephesians 1, 3 that He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. It's already done. This isn't something that you can get Him to do. He's already done it, but you have to receive it by faith. And the last few days, I've been talking out of Psalms chapter 91. We got down to Psalms chapter 91 and read through verse 12. Let me start with verse 13. Here's some more of the blessings that'll come upon us if we dwell in the secret place of the Most High and say of the Lord that He is our refuge. In verse um, 13, it says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and upon the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. You know, I believe this is similar to Mark chapter 16 where it says, You shall take up serpents and they shall not harm you. And there's some people that take this so literally that they think that handling rattlesnakes and poisonous snakes is somehow or another a step of faith. I don't think this is saying that we have to physically handle snakes. It's just saying like Paul did, if you have a snake that bites you, he shook it off into the fire and he wasn't hurt by it. That God is granting us protection. And in this instance, I don't think this is saying that you literally have to, you know, walk upon a lion or a snake this is talking about the devil, just evil things that come against you. Matter of fact, there are many times in scriptures that Satan is called a dragon, like over in Revelation chapter 12, that old serpent, the dragon, and, it, and then it calls him Satan. And so this is just talking about all the forces of evil that come against you. None of them are going to prevail. You know, this is another thing that I believe very strongly, and there's a lot of Christians that are actually afraid of the devil when the truth is the devil ought to be afraid of us. We are the ones that are blessed. I remember when I was younger and uh, had just gotten turned on to the Lord, I rented a place and was going to turn it into a rescue mission type of thing. And anyway, I went in to clean the house. 
our church was having an all-night prayer thing, and I signed up from like 3 o'clock until 4 o'clock in the morning to pray. And so I was in this vacant house. It had been a fraternity house at the University of Texas at Arlington, and there was a lot of demonic stuff that had gone on in there. And Anyway, I don't want to spend my whole time talking about this, but I had some demonic manifestation. I had some demons physically attack me and start choking me, and there was nobody else in the house. And when this happened, man, I got out of that house. I locked the door. I got in my car. I backed out. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I put that thing down into driving. I was getting ready to peel out of there, and the Lord just spoke to me from Ephesians chapter 6 about all take unto you the whole armor of God, and he says there is no armor for your back. And when he said that, I thought, what does that mean? And it was pretty obvious that, you know what, your armor only works if you face your enemy. If you turn your back and run, you can't be protected from the fiery darts of the wicked. And I remember thinking, God, you don't want me to go back into that house and fight these demons. And you know, the Lord, he didn't argue with me. He never said anything else. And so I pulled back in the driveway and I sat there for a while. And finally, I went back in and locked that door. And I went to fighting those demonic things. And by the time the sun came up, that house was free and clear of all of that stuff. And I had to fight. But I remember that that was a turning point that I'm the one with the authority. The devil's afraid of me. I don't need to be afraid of the devil. I'm going to walk upon the line, the adder, and I'm going to trample them underfoot. You know, there was a similar instance that there was a house. I mean, in, in the house that I grew up in, there was a room in our house where my grandmother died, and she had gone senile right before she died, and she left some demons in that place. Long story. I know some of you don't believe this. I hadn't got time to verify it, but I mean, after she died, I moved in there and boy, things started happening. I moved out of there real quick. I didn't say anything because we weren't supposed to believe in that, but there was something in that room. So my brother, since we were sharing a room, he said, I'll move in there. So he moved into there. Very short period of time, he moved back out. And there was something going on anyway. I went into that room after I realized that I'm the one that's blessed and the devil needs to flee from me. And I went to rebuking the devil and binding. And I remember thinking, God, it's a good thing that I can't see into the spiritual realm because if I could, I, I just was imagining these vicious, demonic-looking things with huge fangs and claws, and they were towering over me, and it was just my faith in Jesus that was just barely keeping them at bay. And as I was thinking this way and praying, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, nope, you got it all wrong. The devil, if you could see them, they're little tiny things, and they're all mouth. They just, they know how to intimidate, but they don't have any power. It's, and when I saw that, when I changed my image from these things towering over me to being these little tiny things that are just all mouth, all blow and no go, when I changed my image, did you know this just like, I mean, authority, power rose up on the inside. I mean, I cast those things out, and it was gone, and it was over with. See, this is what this is saying is that we're going to walk all over the devil. I heard a guy one time say that if you want to write a message to the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoe because he is underfoot. He has, God has put all principality and power under our feet. That's the attitude that you need to have. He goes on to say in verse uh, 14, because he has set his love upon me, 
Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And this is a tremendous blessing that God is going to hear us. He's going to answer. He's going to deliver us. And then in the next verse, it says, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Did you know that this is a blessing of long life? The scripture says in Psalms chapter 90 that the days of our year are 70 years. And some, if you're strong, you can go to 80, showing that there's not a, that's not a maximum it was a minimum that God gave us. And Moses, the guy who wrote Psalms chapter 90 in Deuteronomy, he lived to be 120 years old and his natural force wasn't abated or his eyesight dim. So I believe that we can live a long life. That's part of the blessing of God. And yet there's people watching this program that you know what? Your parents died in their 50s or 60s or something. That's what you're thinking. My dad died when he was 54. And I have been to a doctor for a physical to get an insurance thing. And they said, well, you know, they ask you about your history. And they say, because my dad died at a young age, they pronounce death over me that I'm going to have heart problems and all this. And I always tell them, I say, hey, my mom lived to be 96 and she was healthy as a horse. Why don't you look at her genes instead of my dad's genes? And besides all of that, it doesn't matter what the history of my family has been. I am now born again and I'm blessed and I am going to be satisfied with long life. If I get to 80 and I'm not satisfied, I'll go for another lap. Amen. I just go until I'm satisfied. I believe God has given that to us. That's one of the blessings. Let me turn over here to Romans chapter 4 and share with you some of the blessings that are listed in the New Testament. And let me say once again that I'm just picking out a few. There are thousands, maybe millions of blessings. A blessing is God's favor that is spoken over us. And let me just read one of these things here out of Romans chapter 4. This is talking about the grace of God and in Romans chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now remember that I'm talking about that the blessing is better than a miracle. The blessing is God's best the blessing is God's favor that's spoken over us. And there's like four times right here in three verses that it talks about blessings, blessedness, blessed, etc. And notice what it says. David said this in the Old Covenant. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So when we're talking about what are some of the blessings? Well, according to this verse, and of course there's many others, it is a blessing to have your sins forgiven. Now, I know that that's a statement that we hear often and, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. There's a lot of people that don't think much about this. But what a blessing it is. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So all of us have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. If Jesus hadn't have bought forgiveness of sins for us, did you know that it would be impossible for any of us to have any hope in this life? 
If all there was, if the only blessing that God had given us was the forgiveness of our sins, and if that was it, if there was no healing, if there was no prosperity, if there was no joy, if there was no future, if there was no serving God, you know, all of the great things that God has given us, if there was nothing else, if our sins were forgiven, and if we had to live the rest of our time on this earth, in pain and in misery, suffering with sickness and poverty and disease and on and on. Did you know that that would be a blessing that would be so great that it ought to make any one of us shout, even if nothing else worked? Just to think that someday, instead of us going to hell, we are going to go to heaven. We are going to live in a mansion. We're going to have streets that are paved on gold. There's not going to be any more sorrow, no more crying, no more problems. It says the former things will not even come to mind. We won't even think about all of the hardships that we had in this life. If that's all we had was forgiveness of sin, that's more than any of us deserve. And that's enough that ought to put a shout in a statue. I mean, that's awesome. We need to think about that. Uh, but look at this. Here, let me just amplify on this a little bit more. It says, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Notice it didn't say blessed is the man to whom the Lord did not or does not. But this is talking about in the future to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's huge. You know, I've got a lot of teaching on this. I've got a teaching entitled Eternal Redemption I've got a whole series on redemption, my teaching on spirit, soul, and body, and a lot of other things go into great detail on this. I'm just going to mention it quickly. But over in Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about that we receive eternal redemption, eternal inheritance. There's only one sacrifice for sins. The church has not fully understood what forgiveness of sins is. They believe that when you get born again, that God forgives you of all of the sins that you've committed prior to that time, that all of your transgressions and sins prior to asking Jesus into your life are forgiven. But then after you're born again, every time you sin, you've got to get that sin confessed and under the blood or it won't be forgiven. And yet Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, talks about that we've got eternal in. Uh, redemption. Verse 15, we have eternal inheritance. It says that there was only once that Jesus entered in to obtain all of these things for us. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, it says we've been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And in verse 14, it says if we've been sanctified, we have been perfected forever. So boiling all of this down, just putting it as succinctly as I possibly can, when you got born again, you weren't just forgiven of sins up until the time that you confessed Jesus as your Lord, but you were forgiven even of future sins. All of your sins, past, present, and future sins were forgiven when you got born again. And I know that that just overwhelms a lot of people because we have it ingrained into us that every time you commit a sin, you got to get that sin confessed. Let me ask you this. What would happen if you didn't confess a sin with that logic that you're only forgiven of your sins up until the time you got born again, and then every time you sin, you got to get it under the blood and you got to get it confessed? If that was true, then nobody would ever make it because we sin constantly. And some of you think, oh, no, I don't. Oh, yes, you do. 
The Bible says in Romans 14, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. James 4, 17. So if you use the Bible definition of sin, sin is not only when you go out and violate a direct command to God, but sin is what you should be doing. You should be in faith. And if you aren't in faith, if you ever waver, if you have any unbelief, if you have any discouragement whatsoever, that's sin. If you use the Bible definition of sin, all of us sin. And if you had to get every time that you've been in unbelief, confessed and under the blood, or you would die and go to hell, nobody would ever make it. If I really believe that, the moment you got born again, I'd just kill you. I might go to hell, but that's the only way you'd ever get to heaven is for me to just kill you the moment you get your sins forgiven because it's impossible for you to even recognize and acknowledge every single time you come short in some area, which that's the Bible definition of sin, missing the mark. If every time you missed the mark, you had to get that confessed, I guarantee you nobody would make it. This is a tremendous blessing, and it's been diminished. The benefit of it, most people don't understand because they don't understand how complete the forgiveness of sins was. But Jesus forgave all of our sins. Past, present, and even future sins are forgiven. If you could understand that, you talk about being blessed. What a great blessing that is. And if we understood that completely, it says over in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2, that we should have no more conscience of sins. Most Christians live with a sin consciousness. It's expressed in the way they talk, such as, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. I'm not an old sinner saved by grace. I was an old sinner, but I got saved by grace and I am now the righteousness of God. And I should not have a sin consciousness. You should not have a sin consciousness. And some of you are thinking, but I sin. But you shouldn't be conscious of it. If you would focus on your forgiveness and the fact that God has forgiven you of all sins, past, present, and even future, it would open up a relationship with God. You would, you would appropriate the presence and the power of God in a greater way than you ever have. And you would wind up serving God and living holier more accidentally than you ever have on purpose before. But as long as you see yourself as an old sinner saved by grace, as long as you go around with a sin consciousness and you don't understand that God has purged you and you are clean in your spirit, there is no impurity as Jesus is. That's exactly the way you are in your spirit. First John 4, 17. In Ephesians 4, 24, you were created in righteousness and true holiness. Then Ephesians 1, 13, you were sealed, vacuum-packed by the Holy Spirit so that when you sin as a Christian, it may enter into your mind, it may enter into your body and give Satan an inroad in those areas, but it cannot penetrate the seal that's around your spirit. You retain your right standing with God. If you understood how blessed you are to have your sins forgiven, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. If you just understood this one blessing, it would transform your life. You know, church history is just crammed full of people that didn't understand about healing, that didn't understand about prosperity, and some of the things that God has revealed today, but they understood that they were forgiven. And because of it, they were able to endure hardship. 
They were able to stand and not compromise. They were able to stand even to the point of martyrdom, all because they understood that they had been forgiven. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, most Christians do not have a full revelation on how blessed we are to have all of our sins, past, present, and even future sins forgiven. If you could just meditate on that today, think about that you're forgiven. Man, that's awesome. Think about that regardless of what you've done, regardless how bad it is. I know that most of you have committed things that you've never even shared with anybody else. You wouldn't want anybody else to know some of the stuff that you've done. And yet God knows and He forgives you and He loves you and it's just as if you had never sinned. That's my little layman's definition of the word justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. And you know what? That's the way that God sees you. It says over in Psalms 103 that He's removed your sins as far from you as the east is from the west. God doesn't acknowledge your sin. He's not dealing with you according to your sin. God is looking at you in the Spirit, and in the Spirit you are clean and holy and pure if you've been born again, if you made Jesus your Lord. If you receive that forgiveness, your spirit is pure. It's as holy and pure as Jesus is. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. You are united with Him. You are equal to Him in the spiritual realm. You are ounce for ounce, molecule for molecule like Jesus. You've been clean. Now, I'm not saying that your body always acts that way. I'm not saying that your thoughts are always like that. But in your spirit, man, the part of you that's been born again, you are righteous and truly holy. As Jesus is, that's the way you are. You've been joined unto Him. You are one spirit with Him. You are forgiven. And since John 4, 24 says that God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth, since you are clean and pure and holy in your spirit, you can fellowship with God without any fear of rebuke or rejection, without any condemnation. You can come boldly under the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You don't have to come bowing in, cowing in, afraid that God's going to judge you. What a blessing that we are forgiven of all sin. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Man, that's awesome. I don't think most of us have a full revelation of this. Today, you need to meditate on that. As you go through the day, just remember that, man, regardless of what you've done or what you do, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make Him love you more and you can't make Him love you less. God loves you, period. Hey, man, that's awesome. Remember that tomorrow is going to be my last day to teach on living in God's best. This is a hardback book that we have out on this. And then I also have CDs taken from a live Gospel Truth Seminar and then also DVDs that were taken from our television program. Tomorrow is going to be our last day to make this offer on television. And please call or write today. It's your spirit that was changed when you got born again. It was created in righteousness and true holiness. And then according to Ephesians 1.13, you were immediately sealed by the Holy Spirit, vacuum packed. The Holy Spirit has encased your perfect born again spirit. 
if you are committed to God and following God, I'm telling you, you're a success if you're being sold into slavery. You're a success if you've been lied about and put in prison. God is pleased with you. God loves you. He's more pleased with you than what any of us know. It was like I had no reason anymore to be sick, to have pain, to be fearful. I thought that I was not good enough, that God could not forgive me everything that I've done in my life. But then I came into the teaching of Andrew Womack and I saw it on YouTube on, a, on a, one series about the true nature of God and it changed my life forever. And I just want to thank uh, Andrew Womack for all what he has preaching and uh, what a blessing to the whole world. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week. When we talk about running with the Lord, this is part of it, is that you need to become absolutely dependent upon God. Men's Advance has always been really a time to reconnect with God. I mean, anytime you got a bunch of brothers coming together, that right there in itself is impactful. The men's advance particularly, it speaks very well to a man's soul and just really targets just areas that, that men need to be just encouraged in and refined in. We're all just here to grow. I guarantee that you'll get something out of it. Men's advance makes you hungrier for God. As long as you got hunger for the Lord, you're gonna grow. No matter how old we get, no matter how much we may think we're behind, if we follow the best playbook ever written, we will overcome. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources.
Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Bring Keras with you wherever you go with our new Keras app. Free to download, the Keras app allows you to easily access everything Keras Bible College has to offer in one place. Receive exclusive grace content and explore unique Keras features. Watch or listen to archived resources and teachings. Follow along with the Bible reading plan or listen to the audio Bible. The Keras app brings everything in one place. Download your app today.